All right, guys, we're gonna get started here. Um, we have a little sub onto the panel. We thought it'd be really cool to get uh, Kenny's perspective on anything, so he's gonna hop in as well. Because Jamie didn't show up, and I need a chair to fill. All right, guys. So I'm gonna have everybody introduce themselves real quick. We're gonna come right down the line from Ken and work our way down. My name's Ken Nord. I'm from the band Grace's Downfall. And I uh, helped Joe, and we put the show on for everybody, so. I'm uh, Frank Woodworth, I'm from Strange Loop Music. I'm Red Alexander, I'm, uh, I'm an artist and producer from the area here. Uh, my name's Andrew Riccatelli, play drums in a band called Grail. I'm in his band. Uh, my name is Mark. And I play guitar, and uh, I also co-run a company called Word Is Bond. It's a music management company. All right. So, with the exception of Frank, I I know everybody up here a little bit. I know your backstories, so I'm gonna touch on them a little bit, maybe. And uh, if you feel comfortable with it, elaborate. If not, we don't. You know. Um, so everybody up here has had some experience with the idea of either being signed to a record label, going through the process of working to get signed, um, the process of signing people to a record label, the process of working with bands to get them signed to a record label. Um, so I just want to touch a little bit on this. Um, let's start with Ken here real quick. He hasn't talked enough today. I saw dude. So Ken. You're the prime example here. We've geared this towards artists in our local area. Okay. All right? Right. You've been playing music live uh, as long as we've been. About 10 years. 10 years. About 10 yeah. years now, yeah. So as an artist here, do you think there's a, a – I feel like that's the goal. And I, I've talked to many people before, and, and I, I've heard that – I've heard mixed mixed reviews. So, and I hate to use, like, use the example all the time, but Breaking Benjamin getting signed, okay? So there's this, this aura around that. Breaking Benjamin got signed out of um, the staircase and, and all that. And, and people think that that just happened. They think that somebody just showed up at the staircase that night and they signed Breaking Benjamin. But there's more to it. And I feel like that became the gold standard, though, around here of somebody's going to come here, find me, and sign me to a record label because I played a really great show that night. Can you elaborate a little bit on your experiences and things that have that have well, happened the, around the, that? The as, thing as everybody the thing everybody misses about breaking Benjamin breaking out of this area and getting signed is they had a lot of people fall into place very quickly. As to where it takes some bands like you know seven, eight, nine, ten years of traveling and touring and finding the right people in different areas to help them, like the people did that helped the uh, breaking Benjamin here, you know. Um, they, they recorded with Brett, you know, and I'm sure Brett went ahead and called somebody, hey, I got this band, but they also had Freddie Fabree in their back pocket going, hey, I got these guys, these are my boys. You know, and you don't get to go from, you know, uh, they brought in Aaron and they brought in uh, Mark, who were already in Lifer. So, I mean, it was kind of a very easy transition. You're going from Breaking Benjamin, getting rid of a couple members and getting these guys that were on record labels already. So the inn was there. It wasn't an overnight success in the least. It was the parts came together in the perfect way and it happened quickly. But what people don't realize is two other guys put in a lot of time. 
you know, yes, it, it, it is Breaking Benjamin, it is Ben Burnley's band, but it, a lot of work went into that happening. So to say Breaking Benjamin was an overnight success is, is not true. But as for other bands, like, I heard stories about how Hailstorm played for 10 years and they just kept going and they just kept playing. Like, that's, that's the route you have to take. You know, there's a lot of bands in this room, uh, New York, New Jersey, all over, that are here just to try and open their demographic. And that's how it should be done. It's not an overnight thing. It is a lot of work. It is going and playing for free. It is going and biting the bullet for 100 bucks in gas. Luckily, gas is down to $2. When we were really traveling, it was like 450 you know? But it isn't an overnight thing. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of grind, and that's why you see so many band members come in and out. So, I mean, ultimately, you may get there, and that record label may be some some bullshit thing that they hand you, you know? And that, that sucks, too, you know? But, I mean... As far as it goes with Breaking Ben and the overnight success and being a band, you just have to stay to your grind and stay playing if that's what you're really looking to do. Okay. So now I want to move on a little bit here. And um, I want to pose this question, actually, because I think I can get four very different um, answers all the way down this side. So do you need a record label to the record label guy? No. N not, not at all. Um, you know, to me... Being an artist is about building a fan base. The only thing you need a record label for, at least traditionally, was the creation and distribution of music. And it's even arguable whether, whether you needed that uh, traditionally. Now you definitely don't need it. Distribution is flat. Anyone can take, can create a song in their bedroom. It might not be that great. You know, it depends on your production skills. It certainly helps to work with talented producers and professionals. Um, but. It, there's nothing holding you back from that. You can get your song on iTunes or Spotify or any of those. No problem at all. Uh, what you do need is a team, someone, to help you, or if you learn it yourself, to expose that music once it's there. It's easy to get it up. It's a lot harder to be noticed, to make a splash. Yeah, I mean, I basically agree with that, you know, I mean, I do. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what you said is, is the truth. It's, it's really just a matter of, yeah, you, you, I mean, the, the, you know, the, 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 the avenues of distribution have been democratized, so anybody can get to them. It's really a matter of awareness, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just a step at a time. I think, uh, as Jim said, you know, one fan at a time, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I was involved with the Breaking Benjamin thing, but I also, like, uh, when I was in bands when Lizzie Hale was a kid, you know, and he was talking about her at the end of shows going out and shaking everybody's hand, you know? And uh, that's it, one fan at a time. You look somebody in the eye and you, and you know what I mean, and you engage with them, they'll remember that for decades, you know? So uh, I think a lot of it is just, you know, just grassroots stuff, and then eventually you'll be able to get to a point where you'll be able to get a team together because you're a band and you're touring and you're traveling, and eventually you're going to need help if you do that right. So, yeah. So, I'm going to rephrase it a little bit with the same question. So, yeah. So, Andrew, full disclosure, um, I know these guys really well. They used to be in a band called Driver's Side Impact. It was on Victory Records, and I was on tour with them, so I... I'm just throwing stuff against the wall here. I make them uncomfortable. 
So, you guys are on Victory Records. Would you say now, what you're doing now, do you need a, a label? I'm not, nothing speaking ill against Victory, but the time when you got signed eight years ago to now, what has changed and, and, and do you need that record label now for your new project the same way you needed it for Driver's Side Impact then? Um, I don't think you need a label. Um, the same way you needed a label then. I just think the world is so much smaller now and that uh, information is so much more readily accessible through forums like YouTube and then Spotify and uh, anybody can get their music out there and as long as you push it and you put in the work, you can get your music to as many people as you see fit. It's all in the legwork that you put in. So all the work that the label would have previously done because they had the connections to put that music in those people's hands, you can do it all yourself now and you can do it way easier. So, Mark, I need a, the pro record label guy now. So you're getting band signed pretty yeah. regularly now? It's been a good year. Okay. Yeah. So... Why, why do you want those bands to be signed to those record labels? I want to answer the first question because it's been cooking since it was way down the line. Um, it, it, if you need a record label um, depending on what you want to do. So if you want to be in a top 40 you know, radio act, you're going to need a major label to help fund that. Um, if you want to be a mid-level touring band, it would be great to have a record label to throw money at you know, for marketing. Um, they have great distribution for the most part if you work with the right label and the right people. Um, there's benefits to it. Um, it's easy to look at it now and say, you don't need a label, you know? And we could play in this band for the next five years and sell, you know, 20,000 copies of an EP and do it all without a label, just with resources and connections that we've made, which is fine. But maybe a label can bring us to a broader audience. Maybe a label can you know, put us in a place where a large booking agency would look at us and be like, oh, cool, they're signed to that label. Cool, we can make connections with other people that are within that label or friends of that label. And um, you, know, you could start building your team out based around getting signed, which is what we've done with a few of our bands. You know, um, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing for a band is making sure that your team is important. So the focus of getting signed isn't it shouldn't be as strong as it's been implemented, I think. Um, I think the important thing is make sure you're working with the right management, working with each other, definitely. Um, get a great booking agent, and then the rest will follow. Um, so, I mean, it's a very loaded, loaded question if it's a good idea or a bad idea to work with a record label. And my answer is it depends on what you want to do. Um, I think for the majority of people that are a part of this festival playing shows, maybe a record label isn't a great idea right now, but maybe if you can go to New York City and draw 100 people yourself, then you can say, hey, record label, you know, you should probably sign us because we are going to generate a lot of money for you, and you could have a deal work in your favor. But if you're in a smaller band with not a lot of demand, you're going to get a deal if you try to go after a label and they like you. That's not going to be favorable for you. So then you're going to have a negative connotation towards a record label. So it's all subjective. So I'm sorry if that answer sucks. All right, so now we'll send it right back down the line. So you've been signed, and then what happened? Uh, then I went through a lot of band members, uh, a lot of people, a lot of lives changed. Um, people like to get into serious relationships and quit your band or not like what you're doing anymore and start something new. Um, 
people just live their lives. They don't want to go further into debt. Getting signed is the hardest thing that you can do in a band because you have to invest not only all of your time, effort, resources, but also your entire life uh, to meet your end of the bargain that the label asks of you. And that's generally 99% of the time being on tour six to nine months out of the year, which for dudes like you and I, awesome. Like that's, that's living the dream, you know, for a lot of people that's living the dream, but for a lot of other people that's totally away from the, the normal life that you've lived for however many years. And um, you start thinking about the repercussions of the time that you've taken away from the life that you've currently built for yourself to chase after a dream that you may not know will last more than a couple of years. So um, it got harder, you know. Um, but it got really cool. It opened up a lot of doors. Like getting signed was cool. I'm sitting right next to you right now because I've been in opportunities to, you know, go on tour and meet awesome promoters like yourself and develop long-term relationships. Humble guy. Um, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, say that getting signed was the reason that I'm sitting here today. But I could say that. Being a self-starter um, is more important than you know your life after a record label and getting signed. I think it's what you do with it is what matters. And if you can keep your team together and grow together, then you know, great. So I want to. Um, this one's kind of for Brett and Andrew. Then, so I think both of you probably had completely different experiences when getting signed. If I remember the story really clearly in my head, you guys had a pretty wild time when it first happened right out in cleveland when you got signed to victory originally i wasn't in driver's side went like when they got signed yeah it was like i was just like a guy that came shortly after what was that experience like so now this band signed and you become a member of it what's that like coming into a situation where now you're under terms that somebody else maybe agreed to well you uh, i kind of walked in in like the worst part and it's uh it's kind of the the story how it goes is that you spend so much energy trying to get signed that you know like you're you're super passionate about it and you want to get the look down and you want to get the tunes down and you want to sound super tight live and you want the show to be so spot on and you're emotionally and physically exhausted over it to the point where you know if your core group of dudes that you did this with uh you're not feeling it anymore um you've made it all that way now you're signed and you all hate each other's guts so um that was the the point where i walked in um and i walked into driver's side and had met mark not even on the phone and i was like cool i'll join this band and i'll move out to cleveland and we'll just roll we'll go on tour but the band was so disjointed and broken by that point already that it just became a project of our own and and became something completely different but that was post getting signed, and their their relationships they had with each other will probably all never even be the same. And I don't even really know those dudes that that got signed to that band. You know, there was like what 13, 13 members in like two years the band went through. You know, and that's if you can keep it together, you can keep it together, and you can move forward. But if you can't keep those relationships up, you're going to be moving through dudes constantly, and it's it's going to suck, and it's never going to click. So Brett, can we talk a little bit about the process? Because I don't know this at all. I'll forewarning. <laughs> so feel free not to answer anything you want. Talk a little bit about the process of you guys getting signed um, originally uh, as, as the Badleys that you, that you went through, if you're comfortable with that. 
and then um, advice that you have to anybody going through that process from the artist standpoint? Yeah, I mean, kind of the process is the same, you know, as it is now. I mean, that was, I'm, you know, I'm older than all these guys, you know, but, it, but it's kind of the same process. It was like, I mean, we, I mean, we just, we just went through the process of, uh, I mean, it'd be a little bit different now, but at the time we would make a full length record every 18 months. And we would, we would take, uh, and we were, we were in central PA, so we would say, all right, we're gonna do uh, Pittsburgh State College, we're gonna do Harrisburg, we're gonna do Washington DC, Philadelphia, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, maybe like Binghamton, New York, and we're just gonna go like this. And then we're gonna, re we're gonna do that for 18 months, we're gonna make another record, we're gonna do that for 18 months. You know, and we just kept playing and playing, and, and, and in the meantime, making in all these towns, making uh, inroads at radio, uh, in all these markets, making inroads with all the clubs. We had like a home club, and when we like in Philly, we played several places. I mean, I played the TLA, the Tin Angel, the Grape Street, um, all those places over the years in the 90s. And eventually, in, in our case, it was like, you, you know, in our case, it, it, it was kind of a radio-driven thing because it, it, it ended out, it took us about six years of just doing that over and over again. And we got enough. Fake. Figure eight, they call that, right? When well, you're, you're yeah, doing it's just it kind of yeah, spoke yeah. wheel, whatever you want to call it. But, and, 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 uh, and eventually we had a big enough base that, you know, we put out, we put out a record and we sold like, within about four months, we sold like 12,000 copies of it, you know, and then the sound scans went up. And then, and then we were on, you know, in some of these bigger markets, we were getting like legitimate radio play and then, it's kind of just a matter of course, uh, you know, like Ken was talking about, you know, once again, like breaking Benjamin and that, and that was a little bit of a unicorn, you know, the way that happens, it's not the way it usually happens. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I mean, I do a lot of producing and working in the studio with young bands and I've worked with hundreds and I've never seen anything like that before or since, you know, so, I mean, I know it happens in other markets, but around here, you know, I, I've never seen another one like it. But, so my advice would be like, you know, I kind of said last time it came around was, you, you know, it's, it's kind of making that one-on-one -on -one connection with fans, you know, and, and nobody that's like 19 or 20 or 21 wants to think about when they're 40, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you don't want to think about that as far as your life and music. You want to think about going out and kicking ass right now, you know, but it's the same thing whether it's two years from now or 20 years from now. Um, you, you know, like the reason I'm still playing today in a lot of ways, I think has more to do with the fact that, you know, I went to, you know, Philly, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Harrisburg, DC, Pittsburgh, you know, and just did that for years and years and made a connection with people in their lives. And you can keep going back to that. It has more to do to, with, with that than the fact that I played a couple shows on the No Quarter Tour or something like that. You know what I mean? You play these big gigs and like they come and they go and you know, it doesn't really, you know, there, there's more, you know, the, the grassroots on the ground, boots on the ground strategies, how you get longevity. Yeah, so. So Frank, <clears throat> you're in a young band and uh, you draw the attention of somebody and they, they want to sign you. What are the, what's the top, the top thing that you want to watch out for? You don't want to fall into. Like that. You don't want the, the band, all right. Um, band or act. Sure. Anything. I band artist. 
The number one thing I think is partnering with a company that is at your level. The well, there's a lot of things, but I've been thinking about this today, and the the, the leverage that the company has over you is more than what you've built on your own through your own fan base, through your own social media profiles, through your own ethos, then you'll probably fail. Uh, you, at the end of the day, it's just a business partnership. You make music, and this is a company that can distribute and monetize that music for you. They're not gonna make you famous. Um, that's just a byproduct of the whole business relationship. So like any business relationship, if you look at the way startups work with venture capital, or if you look at the way anyone who's hoping for an investor, so to speak, uh, the closer you are, the more likely is that that relationship will be productive. Um, so I, I think that's it. Um, you want to go in knowing your business terms as well as they can and knowing what you want to get out of it. And if everyone treats it that way in just a professional, respectful manner, you should be at least, you should at least hit your goals or come close to it. Whether or not a band is successful, you can do everything right um, and still not succeed because music is something in your heart. You know, it's just something that people connect to or they don't. Um, you can give a band or an artist the biggest shot in the world. You know, I put a band, you know, opening up for Motley Crue twice. Neither of those succeeded. Um, it, it did nothing for them. Um, you know, people just didn't connect with that music. Uh, and all you can do is put someone in a position to succeed. And when, from a label standpoint, or any or management, anything like that, I'm just looking for a band that has positioned themselves to succeed. Um, and that can be different, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's touring, whether it's all of the great advice that I've been hearing all day, you know, it's just positioning yourself to succeed. What was the question? What, what was the question? <laughs> it's my turn to ask questions. I'm going to give it open forum. Does anybody have any questions for anybody up here? at this moment about getting signed, about touring, about goals. Yes, sir. SoundCloud. Um, I, I think is the best way. Private SoundCloud link or a public SoundCloud link if you want to show that people are listening to it, but you could even put it on Spotify. Um, and if that's really moving too, then you can come. One of the things that, that we look for is just, you know, what are Spotify plays monthly um, to show that there's something there. Um, but if you don't want anyone to know about it, private SoundCloud link. Yes, if you want to keep it secret and maybe shop it to a record label, always private SoundCloud. Yeah, because they don't want they don't want to be flooded with you know MP3s in their inbox and like you know they don't care. They just want to be able to go to a quick website, click it, and stream it. If you're looking to get your song heard by a lot of people, maybe talk to a PR company um, that's specific to the style of music that you guys play, and um, you know see if you can work out a campaign to release a single, and then they'll put you in you know the types of magazines at least, maybe not the ideal one, but the the types in which you want to be a part of and associate yourself with.
Anybody else? Questions? There you go. Uh, on, uh, on the PR front, there's a company called SubmitHub, I believe. And for a dollar a shot, it'll put you in 100 different blogs. So you don't necessarily get there, but they'll listen and they'll give it feedback. I, I think it's great. And I've been telling bands to do that first before hiring a PR company, because a PR company, I, I've done that too, and it's just it's completely hit or miss as well. Again, like you can't guarantee success. All you can do is give it the best shot, and then people connect with it or they don't. What was the name of that website? SubmitHub.com. All right. Is there any more questions for anybody else on the panel up here, please? By all means, they have your attention. All right, that's why we have them here. Okay. Okay. Anybody? All right, let's start back down there. This one's not going to work for you. All right. So, I'm going to have, you can take a shot at it. So, you're, you're talking to a young band. And you can give them one piece of advice, just very briefly. What what would it be? As far as um, think of it as it's this one's hard for you, but it's I got signed and and here's my piece of advice for you. Since that's the the label, the the part of it. So after you got signed, they're about to get signed. They've been signed to a record label. They're about to they're about to be signed. About to be signed. But you're talking to them as somebody who has been. And here's your piece of advice. I got signed and... Okay, so I mean, bands that I've signed that were successful almost universally understood their, for lack of a better word, brand. I like the word ethos, but what their artist ethos is. Had a real clear conception from the very beginning of this is who I am, this is what we're about, and this is what we want to accomplish. And... Everything from their artwork to their imaging, their photo, the way they talk, um, you know, all their interviews, everything about it just fits this one message. It doesn't have to be one message, but this ethos of like, this is who we are and this is what we want to accomplish with our music in the world. If you don't do that, if you don't set that first base, that, that strong platform to build on, then you can run a single up the charts or you can you know, get an opening slot for the biggest band in the world. It doesn't matter because there's nothing there. It's a house of cards. So if you don't have that, don't get signed. Same question? Okay. Um, I think basically what, you know, first of all, I mean, if the music's not great, nothing else matters. You know, number one. You know, it, it doesn't. You can talk about how to promote it or how, where to put it or you know uh, doing everything else right. And if the if the music's not right, not great, and it doesn't connect, it doesn't. Nothing else matters. So I'll 100% agree with that. Assuming that the music's great, <laughs> um, I think. And I had a really good answer, and then I lost it in my brain. I'm getting old, but uh, but it, but it was it was. Uh, I think that it's. I think like a record deal in a lot of ways, you know. And, and like I said, I'm coming from a little bit farther back than a lot of these guys. But a record deal in a lot of ways is kind of like a symptom of your success, not a cause of it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it kind of comes from doing a bunch of things right, and. Uh, you know, and uh, success as a as a band or a musician or something isn't 
you know, it isn't one event, it's a million little events stacked up. It's a, it's a you know, so it's, it's about going out and playing, it's about having a touring base, uh, you know, being able to go back to places and play, and then and ultimately that's, that's what a record deal is. I think, you know, that would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice would be, if you're a young band and you have one of your friends managing you or something, and, you know, the world starts to turn around, I think you might want to be proactive ahead of time of thinking about having, or at least talking to someone in your corner that's kind of been there before. Uh, that's, that's, you know, I, I think you can have a, I think you can miss a lot of opportunities if you're, if you're dealing with somebody that, that is learning the business through you. <laughs> so I don't mean you have to go get the big, huge manager that takes everything from you, but I, I like to have experienced people around me. So that's it. Um, I think that there's a, there's a common misconception around what happens after you get signed. And like I said before, there's a ton of work that leads up to it. But a lot of people seem to think that like they're going to do all this work and then they're going to get signed and then it's just going to be easy. And they're going to be playing in front of a ton of kids every night. And... Um, that their life just becomes super easy and that's not the case like once you get signed is when the real work starts because you have now a whole other team of people that are part of what you do and they're part of every single decision you make and you're gonna have to be out on the road you're gonna have to be out all the time nine months out of the year you're gonna have to be constantly playing um, it's gonna get monotonous it's gonna get boring Personal, personal relationships are going to get sacrificed. Um, interpersonal relationships with the band is going to get tough. Um, it gets way harder uh, the harder you work. But you got to constantly be out and you got to constantly be trying to gain new fans and holding up your end of the bargain. Because if you don't, then the everything you tried, the try everything you tried for in the beginning to get signed in the first place is all wash because it'll go away just as quickly as it came if you don't hold up your end of the bargain. Be excited. I mean, that's one thing that none of us are saying. If you're in a position where you're about to get signed, like, that's so cool. Like, that is so fun. Um, learn from that and take that and, you know, express that once you can, you know, to your community of fans and your community of people that you surround yourself with and be positive with it. Um, it goes a long way. But yeah, the, the hard work just begins. But you know, if you do it positively and you like do it the right way, you'll have a lot more success. It's the best advice I could give. My advice, although I've never been there, is always have goals. If you're about to get signed, they're going to expect something from you, okay? And they like you, so they got you there. But you also have to have goals in mind for yourself on where you need to go. It shouldn't be, the first goal shouldn't be take over the world. Obviously, your first goal should be listening to them and seeing where you should go and what they have to say for you. And then expect the best of yourself. You know, you don't, you're not doing it for fun anymore. It, it is a job, and that is something you have to accept. You are no longer working for yourself, you're working for this person that has the confidence in you. So you have to have that confidence still in yourself because this person has a confidence in you. Trust in your art, and that's the most important part of being an artist is you have to enjoy it still. But that's a very fine line of job and art because you started it as, I want to write some music, I want to have fun, I want to get signed, I want to be big. 
there's a whole lot in between there in all those steps. And that's kind of my outline of everything. You know, I've always had goals. You always write them down. You always want to get to that next step. The next step isn't one, two, three, four. It's one A, one B, one C, one D, two, two A, two B. Always have your goals, always stay in line and always keep on search. Yeah, it's like they said, personal. I, I don't have any friends. I don't have my band. And Joe, we're friends sometimes, you know what I mean? We do this thing once a year and talk, but uh, that's the thing. You're, you're gonna lose friends. You're gonna miss family stuff. You're gonna miss birthdays. You're gonna miss everything. But you're trying to live your dream, and that's, that's very important for you. You know, but you can't get down. You can't get sad. You can't say, oh man, I missed, you know, I'm sorry mom, I wasn't there. You know, and also, if you have that family to support you, that's very important too. But I mean, most importantly, remember it's your dream, you're doing it, and remember why you started doing it. That, that's kind of my idea on this. I think everybody can kind of talk on this one. Um, and I think this will be our last question. We'll go straight down the line, start with Ken, and, and make our way back. Um, there's a lot of unscrupulous entities out there. So bad deals arrive, arrive, and they get disguised as great opportunities and things of that nature. Um, what's something like the big, big standout things? We can maybe this ends up a little bit more technical, but things you you should watch for. Um, this is the the, the, the hot tick, the hot word, or a, a sure sign of a bad deal, or something that that you've noticed and and seen, um, where you know you get this great opportunity laid in front of you, and if maybe some somebody's newer new new to the industry and 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 they don't know what a 360 deal is they don't know the difference between you know you're just giving you're just giving somebody your music they're going to sell it and you're never going to see anything it's just some things that, that that everybody should watch out for and we can head right down the line and that's probably where we'll, we'll where we'll end it but then we can open it back up maybe some new questions came you know up. It's, it's funny because i've been doing this like i said for 11 years and i've met a lot of people that weren't great or weren't incredible that were, oh, I'm signed. And then you tend to ask them, well, what are you signed to? And it's never, a couple of people, it's never a big label. It's, oh, I got this guy, he's doing this thing for me. And you're just kind of looking at him going, my dad could do that. And that's not to be a dick. That's just one of those things that you, you didn't really do much. You just signed on a line. Kind of know who and all that research, what you're about to get yourself into. Because there is some people that it's Google. You can look up Google, and there's some people saying bad things, and don't get me wrong. Everyone's a restaurant critic, too. There's going to be people that have bad things, people that have good things. But you kind of have to do your research on what you're going to sign and who's going to do it, and always have someone in your corner that knows more about it than you do. Because you don't want to sign something and get completely stuck. Because there is bad deals, just like Joe said. There is awful deals. You know, watch the movie Artifacts. It's incredible. It'll flip your life if you are trying to make it in the music business. All right, that, that's pretty much all I got. And there's a lot. I, I could go all day, but I won't. Um, the the first thing I would say to do, one of my favorite things to do, uh, speaking at colleges, is to take a, a recording contract and break it down from a P&L. Like, all a contract is is a a roadmap for a financial model. So if you can look at the contract that they've given you, just look at it, it's like, all right, well, I'm, this is 18%, this is this, this is this. You know, a simple Excel sheet will show you exactly what you will make and exactly what the label entity will make um, at different sales points. 
Most people don't do that. You know, they're looking at it and they're like, well, 16 is better than 15, or you know, 49 is better than 48. What, whatever that is, and they kind of go back and forth, or I want $60,000 instead of $50,000. But if you don't look at what that means at the end of the day, then you really don't know what you've signed. And, and again, that goes back to, to having goals. Um, something else that I think is, is really important is understanding royalty deals versus JV deals versus 360 deals and what all of that matters. Um, my company's trying to do something completely different where we don't even sign, it's, it's not record, it's not publishing, it's not, it's not management, it's investing in a band that we've created a business entity for, and that's a whole other mess. Um, I try to do that as fair as, as humanly possible. Um, but with any of those things, it's just it's about understanding what you've signed. Under, understand how much they've uh, allotted for promotion. You know, if it's just like, well, it's three months of a publicist. Well, then know that. Know that if it's going to take you a year or a year and a half of hardcore touring and you've got three months of a publicist, well, you don't want that. Uh, understand what they have on their team. Uh, just going back to the publicist example, if they have an in-house publicist, well then you don't need outside publicity. Well, you still might, they might not be any good. Look at what they did before. There's a reason you're signing with them though. Um, there's so much there. Understand each clause of the contract. Just really sit through and look at it. You don't have to be a lawyer. Um, if something seems weird, ask like, well, what does that mean in layman's terms? All of those things, you know, if you just do that little bit, then again, you go into it, it's a business relationship. You go into it knowing this is what I want to accomplish out of this business transaction. The same way if I give $4 to Starbucks, I get my cup of coffee. You know, just whatever, not that I drink coffee, but you know, whatever you do in a business transaction, just know ahead of time what to expect. I can't really improve on that, that was stellar. That was outstanding. Yeah, I mean that's that's it in a nutshell. You know, all I can all I can say is like, you know, this. If you look at it when you sign a record deal, uh, the stronger you are going in, the harder you are to destroy. Um, not that the record label is the enemy, you know, but but it's like it might be a small part of your life. It might be it might be a small part of what you end up doing. You might you might you know, part ways with that label, then get on another label or, or be independent for a while or be independent forever. Uh, so, you know, I just, uh, you know, just have to, uh, you know, what he said and, and, and just run your business like a business and uh, hope for the best. There's gonna be surprises no matter how well you understand it. <laughs> so, um, you got I'd say is a pretty common theme here, but just um, really know who you're getting into business with. Like, do a ton of research, make sure you know um, everything, the ins and outs of the company, and make sure you know the contract. And if you have to get a lawyer to read over it, just make sure that um, what's being asked of you is within your means and that you're all cooperatively working within the goals that you have set ahead for yourself. Um, if somebody's asking you to do more than you know that you're capable of, then don't go into that relationship with that person. Um, and I think that's the best bit of advice I could give. A uh, good piece of advice that I heard from an entertainment lawyer last year is a deal is only as good as the person you sign it with. Um, so echoing, definitely 
know who you're getting into business with. Um, know what they've done. You know, talk to talk to other bands that are signed to those labels. You know, don't be afraid to reach out and be like, "What's your experience like with this?" You know, company. You know, they'll be the first to tell you, "Don't do it," or like, eh, "Not so bad." You know, they we got out of it what we needed. Um, without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. You know, you never know, but never be afraid to ask questions for sure. And, and again, with a contract, always with a lawyer for sure. Um, you know, even if a label can break it down or your management can break it down, you know, we're all not lawyers unless somebody is. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to an entertainment lawyer. And you know, they might be expensive, but again, could be the next ten years of your life of losing out. Awesome. So, uh, anybody? Did any other questions come? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Where do you find That's a great question. Uh, seriously, if if you would have asked me that probably five years ago, I would have been like, dude, I don't know. Um, I've just heard of some through word of mouth. Um, honestly, that's the best advice I can give, unless somebody else can speak to that better than I can. Uh, last year, we had. Um, John, John Manziel, Manziel, yeah, John Manziel, he was great. Um, he's based out of New York City. Um, from what he, he seems to work with a lot of lower level people, but he writes blogs all the time, so check him out. It's, I think he owns like musicentertainmentlaw.com. Um, I think that's his, his website. He writes tons of blogs. He's very transparent. He writes about, you know, how, small bands and how to protect them. So um, I can recommend him not based on being an artist that ever needed one, but as somebody who spoke here and was pretty genuine about things um, and kind of won me over with that. Look, uh, look at bands that are a step above you. Go to their website. Email them. Ask them who their lawyer is if it's not on their website. And that works for anything. Publicists, uh, managers, whatever it is. Just look who is already doing it for the people that you want to be. What are you afraid of? What do you think a niche will change that would be different for, I guess, mainstream? Like, what's the opposite of niche? Well, I guess it would be, uh, it wouldn't be as sellable or, you know, radio, marketable, you know, Well, again, it's, it's knowing what you want out of it. So if you're a niche band that you know won't get on the radio, don't sign with a label being, please get me on the radio. That's just a recipe for disappointment for everyone. Um, you know, it, it's just knowing what you want out of it. Does, I, mean, I think you guys might. We're definitely in a niche band right now. Um, not a lot of people are playing the type of music that we're playing right now, and that's fine. I guess it's, you know, if you want to just grow as, as your project is, and you're, you're kind of in a, a genre of music of your own that you don't really know what to do with. I guess try a lot of different things because that's what we do. You know, we play with all different types of bands and see how the audience responds, and then you you know see what works. Trial and error, really, when it comes to you know being left of center. You know, you really have to like go out and see what works and what doesn't because it's it's a new exploration. I think a cool example of that, if you uh, 
to what Mark was just speaking of. If you look at, um, for example, New Found Glory, you're, you go back five years, or you go back 10 years, those guys had top 10 songs. And then that genre just shifted a, a little bit left to center. And your four year strongs, your, your, the stu- like a lot of stuff that you're working with started taking over. The little heavier side of it, uh, a day to remember, that new song's huge. So well, all of a sudden, New Found Glory added a, a double bass to a couple songs. And they got a little heavier. And they were on tour with Four Year Strong. And they're on tour with Day to Remember. They, they, just, they just adjusted a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you don't want to adjust what you're creating to be trendy, but at least be accessible to who you're trying to reach. You know, if the person you're trying to reach, you know. So if you're in a metal band and there's another metal band that's doing something slightly different, chances are their fans are going to accept you as well. You know, New Found Glory didn't change who they were, but they said, hey, these kids would like our music, so what do we got to do to get in front of them? You know, we have to tour with these bands that kind of are like us, but a, a little bit different, you know. So. Uh, good friends with uh, guys in the band called Memphis Mayfire. Uh, known those dudes forever. And when they first started, they were like southern rock. Like, they didn't even really scream. It was cool. Um, and then, like, you know, they signed a different record deal to another label. And maybe there was influence there to change what they were doing. Um, but again, they, like, found a new way to re brand themselves. Um, same with the group Cash Cash. I mean, getting out of the rock world a little bit. Like, dude, we played a show with them in front of 10 kids five years ago. And you booked it. And now they're playing in front of like 80,000 people a show. And what they do? They put down the guitars and started DJing. You know? So it's really understand your audience. I guess that's the best answer to that question. Anybody else? Is that somebody back there or no? No. No? All right, guys. Well, thank you all so very much.